Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, you right there, thanks for coming back. But for everyone else out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, water, coffee, tea in the fridge. Cheers everyone out there and cheers to you yes a little bit of um do you have any fun nicknames for water um hot quality h2o what is that from that sounds like a boy okay yeah yeah (laughs) nice okay cool so i'm sitting here today with my friend right now i'm going to just call you CJ, <laughs> and we'll take it from there. <laughs> so works. make some noise for the internet, CJ. Da, 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 da. Hi. Hi, friends. I'll insert some applause here. Digital friends. <laughs> Perhaps a couple digital haters. I don't Ooh. know. I hope not. But That's how you know you've made it. So <laughs> we have an issue. Me and you. Not really. Dun, 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 dun. I just don't know what to call you. Yeah. CJ the That's artist. Fair. CJ Mitchell. CJ Man. Cool guy tough stuff. I really don't know. Yeah, definitely not the last one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's up? What should we call you? What you, what, 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 what am I titling this episode? It so I am CJ. Um I've been CJ my entire life. My actual name is Charles Mitchell. Um the J comes from Junior. Um, but the Mitchell is something that I am in the process of dropping because I am getting married and taking his last name. There you go. Also. Okay. Dude, it has taken me so long to accept the title artist. I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I always thought that artist is something that came when you got to a certain level. You got a certain level of followers. You got a certain award. I thought artists would be something that I would achieve. But it, like this last season of my life, I'm like, no, artist is something that you are when you create. Not when it's accepted. Not when it's approved. Not when it's applauded. So I started actually accepting the artist title. So that's why it is CJ the Artist. Sure. You know, that's an interesting like thought because you can be somebody that calls yourself an artist, but you don't necessarily make a lot of art. On the flip side of that, I've known plenty of people, maybe like yourself for a certain amount of time, that are undeniable artists, but do have some sort of a, they're just like criminally modest about it. Yeah, And I think too, like I would rather be like, I get along a lot better with people who, Stacy. I was in the middle of a deep thought. <sighs> You're on a roll. I believe in you. God damn it. Um, okay. Where was I? So, like yourself, with being somebody that sometimes you can be really modest as an artist and not know whether you should consider yourself an artist or not. But I tend to find that I get along with people that are like you a lot more than the people that are like, I'm an artist. It's like, eh, yeah, you're also kind of an asshole. Yeah. Like, let's tone yeah, it down a bit. But 
With that being said, I have no beef with you calling yourself <laughs> CJ the artist. Yeah. And also, before I forget, congratulations. Thank you. On Thank the you. whole, uh, you know, adulting marriage thing. Dude, I am so excited. Wacky. I found, I found the most incredible person ever. 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 Me. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that's. I, I know that's that's how everyone feels, but man. No, I think that that's great. And I think that that's awesome that you're able to have, you know, not only that sort of a positive thing going on in your life, but also this new somewhat discovery of yourself and like rebranding yourself as a yeah. artist and, you know, moving forward, not only with that, but another new stage of your life. Yeah. And uh, that's a whole lot of new. It is all at once. Yes. That's it's an interesting season. So... Let's rewind a bit, you know, let's get oh, into what made you want to open up your mouth in the first place in a musical fashion. Dude, I am from Southern West Virginia, um, insanely religious background in church six days a week. Um, and everyone in my family sung or played an instrument. So just to be around my family was like a constant audition and the respect of my family members were was gained through musical achievements so when i learned how to sing when i i mean i was 5 years old when my aunt came to my house and wrote keys on a piano and you know i it blows me away the things my friends were doing while i was inside trying to figure out a drum roll and while i was in the house trying to figure out how to play uh, the Scooby-Doo theme song. It was ridiculous. I don't know why I was that kid, but I always wanted to do music. Um, and my first show, my first show, um, my mom booked me in first grade. She said, if you do this show, I will give you Skittles. That's all I need to know. <laughs> she paid for me in Skittles. Man, it, it, was, Hell yeah. it was still work today. Moving on. Um, but she booked the show. I was singing for the governor of West Virginia. And when I got there, I found out um, that it was the Martin Luther King Jr. show. And I was singing for his daughter, Yolanda King. She was in the front row. I'm in first grade. Um, and on the way, she's like, Martin Luther King is this guy. He stood for this. He was assassinated. His daughter will be in the audience. You'll be singing to her okay. about her father. I was like, cool, cool. This is a lot more than Skittles, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to go with it. Uh -huh. um, but that was my first show. And ever since then, ever since the first applause you get addicted to, um, I've been doing music. Cool. So, you know, when you're growing up in that environment, you know, what was discovering music outside of that environment like? Because I think that sometimes, like, say you mentioned growing up in like, you know, like a religious background and like church and like that. I know a lot of people get into music from that. But then uh, pop culture can be a bit of a culture shock for some people, depending on like how and when they discover it. And like, what was that like for you? Was it always something that was around or was it something that like you maybe didn't start to discover until um, like being in school or being around other kids and like, yo, have you heard Dr. Dre? And you're like, what is this? You know, something like so that. <laughs> the mo I've thought about this. The most beneficial part of my life is that I try to fit in with everyone. So I'm say I'm seven years old. I walk into my brother's room. It's hardcore Wu-Tang Clan. 
I walk to my sister's room. It's Nora Jones. Walk downstairs to my mom's room. It's Luther Vandross and the Winans. Walk to my father's room and just the ink spots. Okay. Cool. I step outside and it's like uh, Led Zeppelin. I go to my aunt's house. It's uh, Anita Baker. It was, and, and like Queen. And like I, in order to merge all these things together, I had to be able to pick them up and change. Like you go to church on Sunday and you have to know those songs. You go to school on Monday. You have to know the Brandy Monica songs. You know, you run home from school. You have to know every Backstreet Boys song on MTV. I was constantly being exposed to everything when, um, I think a lot of people at that age were, were very stuck in one genre, which probably helped them a lot. But I think it's why even my new album sounds like so many things because I finally accept it that I sound like so many things. And that's super hard. You know, you you get into the to making music and especially recording professionally. They tell you to grab something, find a lane and stick to it. That doesn't work. I mean, I, my favorite album of all time is The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. That's, that's seven genres. You know what I mean? Sure. And then I look at her and I'm like, why would you ever choose one? Why would you ever choose to rap or sing? Why would you ever choose jazz? Or So it, it, it was greatly beneficial to me that I was constantly around different types of mm-hmm. sounds. Yeah, I think that whenever you find yourself around people that say you need to be x y or z as an artist those are the people that i would stay away from because like it's it's like why would you if if i were to tell you like as a person you need to be x y and z right and i'm sure you're somebody through some courses of your life people have tried to tell you that you can't do this and you shouldn't do that outside of art but it's like what you decide to do with your life is what makes you an individual so why wouldn't you apply that to your art it's yeah. like you're not just one thing as a person so why would your art only be one thing it's scary but you know the more i study music i find out a lot of people and this is not shady but a lot of people are one thing and it really works and i think one of the worst things that can happen to you as an artist to be insanely successful at being one side of you because when you're ready i mean for example one of my favorite artists of all time is john mayer John Mayer on album one, three, and five are three completely different people. So if you ever try to be one because your industry or your record company is telling you stay in this lane, sure. when you get ready to go a completely different way, it doesn't work. I, I think it's the best part to just constantly change and constantly grow. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, if you can't be selfish with your art, if I can't be selfish with my art, I feel that there's no reason for me to even bother fucking doing it, to be honest with you. Because like, not only would it suck, you know, to get pigeonholed into one thing, right? Yeah. But the thing that is the worst is when people get popular doing something that isn't even themselves, but now they keep Uh, it up. And it's like Halloween 24 seven to keep Mm -hmm. their career going. And it's just like this, that, I mean whatever makes you happy, you know, but that's not me. I think that that's crazy to like, you know, be somebody that wants to be like a, I don't know, you want to be like a, a rapper and then you get popular doing like some folk stuff and like, that's cool. But now you're just doing folk songs all the time and it just doesn't seem fun. I guess a job's a job, but 
it's a it's an interesting thing whenever you get into that place where um, your passion starts uh, to be intertwe interweaved. That's not a word, but nice. you know what nice. I mean, yeah, yeah. right? That's the beautiful thing about the English language. I could just make up shit. And you'll yeah. figure it out. Um, interweaved. Mm -hmm. Uh, when your passions and the things that you love and your hobbies start to become the things that you rely on for like monetary income and like your livelihood. Yeah. And it's like balancing those two things because, you know, I don't know like where you are yet in terms of that stage of things, but yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun when yeah. it gets there because all of a sudden it's like, you know, I remember the days of being, you know, working at Starbucks and like all I want to do is get home and record and like work on music stuff. It was like my escape from everything. But now like everything that I do is music and art related and there's no escape. Like That's I don't have mean. anything to escape from. Yeah. You know, I like I like fantasize about making lattes. I don't, oh, fantas wow. I don't fantasize about making beats. Yeah, it's complete. Oh, that's funny, man. Like that's every time I'm, every time I'm in a coffee shop, I'm like, that'd be fun. I miss that. I could pour that Rosetta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So new album. Yeah. Let's so talk about that a bit. It's 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 100% connected to what you were just saying. Um, I my last actual album was a reflection of my life at the time, which was bars and clubs. It was it was a hundred percent me in a club or a bar every weekend. So what came out of me sounded like that, and it I had to give myself permission to say you have been in a a pandemic for a year, and your music doesn't sound like someone who's in a crowded room with strobe lights. Your music sounds like someone who's walking through the woods with his dog and his fiance all the time. Your music sounds like someone who's at fire pits thinking about life or, you know, all the crazy things I've been through in the last year. But I, it, it takes a lot to say, this is what I sound like now and to make an entire project. That's that instead of trying to stay in the lane that you were in. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, outside of the whole concept of like your music like changing and finding out like what you want to do like you're going to evolve as an artist i think that's only natural yeah. right and also like if you're somebody that is writing music from your personal perspectives and reflections of life you know the past year and a half hasn't been particularly kind to a lot of people yeah. but i'm really interested because it seems like you know world terrors aside, you still have a lot of great things going on. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, it's like a whirlwind of emotion, right? And it's like, how does lot. that, how does that all like get wrapped up into your music? Man, uh, <laughs> you know, what's funny. I wish I could, I wish I could record an album a month. I do. I, my biggest problem since I was like in elementary school is that I'm always writing songs. And for example, my last album was 100% about situations I went through years before. So when the album comes out and there's an album release party and people are like, oh man, you're, you're singing about this breakup. Like, I'm so sorry. You want to talk about it? I'm like, that happened two years ago. Oh, sure. I would like the songs that you're about to hear are what was happening in my life at the time. So they're like, are you and your, are you and your, you know, your partner good? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you're hearing is a past chapter, but you have to choose like, 
is this still worth, is this a chapter of my life still worth noting for uh-huh. a listener? Is, are they going to get something from this? Is it still so important that they need to hear this part? And sometimes it is. Sometimes you have to, I've been in the studio and I've been like, so how did I feel when I wrote this song? Because I, I need to remember why I desperately needed to run to a piano and pin this because I don't feel that way anymore. Um, but this is the first time in my life I'm actually singing about things as they currently are. It is the most invigorating thing I've ever felt in my life to sing about actually being in love while in love. That's, 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 that's 90s R&B dream. That is the <laughs> voice to men down on bended knee. That is, uh, finally, that's, yeah. that's how I feel. You know, I think that's one thing that a lot of people sometimes overlook, especially with like underground talent. It's just how long it takes to get something put down. And I've said this yeah. 10,000 times. I don't care what kind of music you make, if I like it, if I don't. Anybody that is able to just like make an album happen, even getting a couple songs recorded, it takes so much oh time. Gosh, it's so no much idea. work. People and, have no idea. you know, like it's, you know, it's not like by choice most of the time that you are uh, maybe recording something that you wrote about two years ago, two years later. It's just, well, it just took that long it to be able to make this long. happen because there's all this other stuff that's happening work, school, life kids I'm, I'm, I'm you know i'm not saying that you do all these things but yeah, people yeah. in general everybody has yeah you know, all this stuff that's going on all the time i remember being jealous of robin thick because uh he was going through a breakup with his wife paula he wrote an album because he wrote an entire song a day he put the album and recorded the entire thing in a month and it was on billboards in Times square within a month and he got to know People got to know how he felt in real time. That is mind-blowing. Like, you don't ever know how an artist feels in real time. Beyonce released Lemonade way after they even went to therapy. You, what you get is the chapters before. Sure. So it, it's, I couldn't imagine the feeling of knowing that what you're hearing when you, you know, pull up your Spotify is how I currently feel. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. But what you're saying, yeah, like what it takes for an artist to get that out it's man i wish i'm sure you get this but have you ever got the man we should do a song together oh, we yeah. should and i'm like great that's awesome let me explain what it takes between an idea entering my head and it getting to your itunes if i could break that down for you yeah i i think that i'm always like really interested in collaborating with other people But I find that a lot of people just don't work the way that I work. And that's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just a different thing. And it's very rare for me to find people that I click with that can like just one off like, oh, let's do a song together. And it's like, you know, okay, like. I'm like, we're getting together. We're like, everything has to have a purpose in what I do, you know? Cause like, I mean, I've done hip hop stuff for a really long time and I, back in the day, I used to have like friends and do like guest verses and stuff. And I, what I learned from that experience is like, you know, I send you a song. Mm -hmm. I have my verse, the chorus. I gave you a spot for a verse. Like say you're going to do a 16 on my track, right? CJ. And you listen to the song, you know what it's about. You hear the verse, yeah. you hear the chorus, and 
write something, come over and record it. Or if you can record it on your own, cool. Yeah. You wait like six, seven, eight months for them to record something. They get it back. And it's like, you just wrote whatever. Like this has nothing to do with what was going on. Yeah. And that's the thing that always rubs me the wrong way about a lot of pop songs that have like rap features. It's like, never so about like the-, the, there's a, I don't, I don't remember who is on the track, but Katy Perry's dark horse. There's a version with a rapper on a bridge and it has nothing to do with this. Yeah. It's terrible. Eat your heart out like Jeffrey Dom. Like, what are we talking about? This is ruining the song. That has become the norm. I know. Hip hop features, and it is mind blowing. And it's just like, okay, like, I don't mind like collaboration, obviously, but when it just seems like, oh, like, uh, famous person A with record label A and record label B, and they have contractual obligations to each other, and like, oh, whatever, you know, we're going to split all the Spotify Mm. thing. I don't, whatever. I'm not. You know, I, I, I just don't like it as an artist, but I, that's oh, one man. like you, uh, you reach this point of like the way people digest music. Cause a lot of people yeah, aren't yeah. thinking about that. People were just like, it sounds nice and it makes me feel good. So who am I to be like, you can't feel good because I think it sounds dumb. Like I can't be that person, you yeah. know, like, like if, if you want to put weird toppings on your pizza, do it. If you want rap verses that make no sense in your pop songs, go for it. See, okay. It's just not for me, though. I have to bring Lauren up again because I remember I watched every interview for Miss Education, and she said, I have to feel the high before anyone else. And if I can't feel like this is a fully thought through, wonderful project, it can't reach someone's... And it, it could be like... It could be catchy. It could be popular. But like, if it doesn't make sense for me. I can't like hand it to people just cause it works. I can't. Yeah. And also like, I, I, I think the older I get, I'm becoming such an old man, but like it has to be timeless. I'll, I'll never record a song. And at the end of it, not ask myself, how will you feel about this in 10 years? How will you feel about, were, were you honest? I mean, it could be whatever kind of song you want to record, but is this something that you can stand by in 10 years or was it just catchy enough to be played in your club yeah. tomorrow? Because sure. those songs you won't remember. <laughs> yeah. You can it, make you can make those. They work. It's really funny. <laughs> like it's like how when I was younger, trends stuck around for a while. It doesn't really happen so much these no. days. And it's funny to hear a track that's maybe only two years old. Like, and it old. somehow sounds two hundred years old. Because so we Oh man! But so you can cool. listen to like I don't know like a really good classic rock record, and it sounds just as good as it ever did. Yeah. What is it about like some forms of pop music where it could just sound so temporary? So what you get, I've I figured this out. What you get is one real pop record, and you get at least three years and fifty copies of that. I can I could write this out for you right now. What you'll get, say there's a hit and it's like mind blowing. Everyone loves it. It reaches people. What you will get is every record company saying, I I have a guy that sounds like that kind of looks like Mm -hmm. that guy. I can reproduce this slightly different for the next three years and it'll sell. And right when people get tired of it, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to have made millions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's, music is a formula. Sure. It's, it's like restaurants. It's like, you know, some, 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 
ding dongs were like, yeah, we're going to put aioli on the sides of our French fries. Yeah. We and the next thing you know, you can't go any place <laughs> without seeing an Edison light bulb and fucking they're just <laughs> throwing aioli at you. Yes. It's like smothering you and fucking aioli and. <laughs> You have feelings about aioli. I know. I like aioli. Actually, <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just. It's just it's true. The, the, it just seems like a funny word to like say angrily. It like, does. Like, let me hear your angry voice and say it aioli, like real angry. I can't. Like aioli. Like lettuce is the same. You can't be angry. Lettuce. <laughs> you can't. You can't. It's not. You just can't. <laughs> so you know, in terms of. Uh, CJ the artist and uh, you know a wide variety of styles and influences you know I've like heard a lot of the music that you shared with me and there is you know sometimes like a, a much darker edge a bit of a you know not necessarily aggressive but I'm curious if you have any sort of relationship with any forms of music that may be a little bit more aggressive is there like a, a, a like a real rock and roll side to CJ the artist oh, yeah. or do you find yourself to be more of a I don't know. You're going to answer the question. So I, I think the last few years I've been studying how honest songwriters can be. Um, I grew up gospel and R and B and though wonderful, you have to take how you feel and like mask it so much for it to be palatable. I've been really studying how rappers are insanely in a 16 they can tell you some of the craziest truths that you'll take an album to sing that same truth. It's ridiculous. Um, I love how pure that they get to be. I love how pure some of the rock songs that I've been coming across, you know, my, my desk. I, I just, I think I've really been trying to figure out a way to, to say the things I need to say without the filter. Sure. Yeah. I think it's also the older I get in music, I, I think it really reaches people faster and easier when when you're being completely honest. Mm -hmm. So that's that's definitely where that comes from. That's spot on. I think that there's another thing too, you know, with the whole idea of music being a conversation between two people and sometimes as a songwriter, you know, when you're like penning lyrics and you have like a story to tell, like you really want to tell this big thing, right? Yeah. But like sometimes like, you don't want to be that person like <laughs> like you ever have like somebody come up to you at a party like how you doing and like they like just throw away too much at you yeah like you don't want to be that in song format yes. right so it's like yes. finding the right balance of how to yes. tell your story without like weighing somebody down yeah like what is that like for you cuz i know like you know you sent me you know one of the your new tracks and it is just like this really, I, w it, I wasn't expecting such like an epic piano driven, like yeah. big production thing. And I was like, this is a lot. I need like, a, a, I need, I, I, I didn't get to spend enough time with it. So I can't really ask you too much about yeah. like all, all of what goes into it. But, uh, See that it, it's a it's a big song. There's a it's it a, is <laughs> <laughs> music to my fears is a big song. Um, that comes from hardcore studying Queen, man. Like I don't know if you watch Bohemian Rhapsody the movie, um, but I am blown away that so long ago they wrote these songs that had no rules. Like I'm exhausted 
that pop music has so many uh, cookie cutter rules now. Well, I think like radio killed music. Huh, yeah. I mean, I, first time I, my first single permission to love when I first started professionally recording, I remember uh, the guy who ran the company telling me a song needs to be three minutes and, and it needs to, uh, verse chorus yeah. verse cor- bridge and it and it needs to end like this and you you have to repeat the first line of the verse at the end of the song guitar and drop and I was like you're kidding me because the the biggest problem is I know the truth like that's fine but I grew up listening to Stevie Wonder who followed no rules who sounds like Stevie Wonder great exactly yeah um who, I I grew up listening to people who just stepped outside the box and those are the ones that I still listen to because they were timeless. Um, I just, you know, we, when we, if we set a bunch of musicians around today and say, I want you to talk about how they wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, which is literally seven songs slammed together. Totally. Yeah. No one still to this day, no one would play that anywhere if it was made today. I just want it to like stop having rules. I want it to, to use strings and piano. And I just wanted to hear like real drums again. So Yes, that song is very intense, but it is the the song that inspired the entire project for me. I was like, okay, if I can drop rules on this one, what else can I do? Yeah. That's what it was. I think that it's really cool to come across somebody such as yourself who is like composing and recording and putting together like these kinds of compositions because uh, I don't really know a whole lot of people in... I don't know what we want to call it. Like, I, I, I can't, like, you know, when I first, like, came across your music, I would have been like, oh, okay, cool. This is, like, modern R&B, yeah. basically. Modern yeah. alternative yeah. R&B. But the song that you just sent me is on a whole nother planet. It's you different. Know? There's yeah. nothing really even, like, R&B about it at all. It's very much, like, I can hear yeah. that school. Like, maybe, like, no. Actually, no. I don't think there's anything R&B about that track at yeah. all. Not in a bad way. It's just, you know, it's just, it's way, way, uh, it's a lot different from like what I would expect. And it's cool to meet somebody and talk with somebody who is like thinking about approaching music like that and isn't necessarily concerned about like, oh, like, is this going to work? Like, what's my demographic? Oh my God. (laughs) You know, who's my target demo? Oh, I, uh, you'd be surprised how many people still write songs. Like before we write this song, who is my demographic? Oh, I'm not surprised who, at all. Who and what club does this have to play in? And what age group? Oh, take that word out because it doesn't work, man. So th- that's I'm glad you brought that up because my challenge for myself on this record was how does CJ sound? I I have been I have been getting really good at sounding like other people my entire life. And I never got to find out how I sound. I can show you the songs on my old albums that were, this is your Justin Timberlake song. This is your Sean Mendes song. This is your Todd Call song. But I never got to find out, find out what CJ sounds like. And I just really wanted to know. And I found out that it doesn't sound like anyone else. And I'm happy about it. 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh no, this doesn't sound like anyone else. I'll never, it'll sure. never be worth it. Now it's the thing that I, I clap for and I go to sleep proud of me, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I think, you know, I can relate because when I was starting to, like, write and record my own rap songs and playing shows and stuff, like, this was, like, 2007. It was nice. quite a while ago, right? Nice. And 
I was always into a lot of different music, but at the time, I didn't know anybody in the scene. I hadn't really found myself, and I felt as if, you know, oh, if I want to do ha- like hip hop, I need to just make hip hop songs, and I yeah. got to play hip hop shows. And then, you know, a couple years down the line, some buddies of mine that were doing rock shows, they asked me if I would play one of their rock shows. And it like changed everything because like whether I didn't realize it, like what in my brain, what I thought I was doing was I was making hip hop, but I wasn't. And I couldn't get why people didn't understand what I was trying to do because it wasn't just like, you know, like that, those song formats, like I was doing hip hop, like it was just me and backtracks at the time, but I'm making the beats and I'm doing like an intro, a verse, a pre-chorus, a hook and a bridge and trailing off, you know, I'm doing like, tempo changes key changes yeah like, that's different i'm like doing like rock like it's like i come from a rock background so i start end up playing shows with rock musicians and people that like rock music yeah and i didn't think they would get it but they got it a lot more than any of the hip-hop people did and it was cool because like i found a crowd i found a target demo <laughs> that i wasn't expecting <laughs> that i didn't target you know i found a demo it you know it just happened yeah and on the flip, I think they found something. It kind of became a gateway for both of us because a lot of those people that weren't necessarily like people that were aware that there were like weirdo rap people that do stuff like what I'm doing because like it wasn't like there's because all my inspirations were like really weird underground rappers and not anything that was super popular. Yeah. So it was it was really, really cool and it really just came from like putting myself out there constantly, trying to find my own voice and just like, not saying no to really any opportunities. And then I found a crowd of people, you know, see, that's what we don't tell people enough is everyone should do what they're passionate about. And then you're, you'll find where you fit. We, we do it the other way. We say, find somewhere you think you'll fit and then conform your art to maintain sure. that spot. If I, well, I really wish, like I do, I hope to get to the point one day where like I'm writing albums and I'd never sing on them. It's just every single track is a different new artist that I just get to write for. And I hope people like get to understand that just do what you're passionate about. Like trying to trying to find your niche first will drive you crazy. It'll it'll change your art. It'll take you years to get back to the art that you mm-hmm. really care about. Don't waste that time. Oh sure. I mean again, it goes back to like, you know, and if your art is a reflection of who you are as a person, that would be like the equivalent of being like, oh, like when I was 14 years old, I'm going to be this 14-year-old version of myself forever. Can you imagine? Exactly. <laughs> yes, but some people do that and they're like, yeah. and then this is the, this is my favorite part of their interviews. They'll They'll look into the camera and say, you know, I've just been challenging myself to grow and change. And I'm like, really? Your last 20 albums sounded like your last 20 albums as I that you're still not even passionate about because we know what's in you. We know people who are passionate. We can tell where your heart is and we can tell that what you're doing is giving you an awesome paycheck. And I know that works for you. But man, I I wish I, I heard more passion and passion and more conviction in people's art. Yeah, it's it's there. It's just. You gotta you gotta scrape under the surface for it, you know. And I think it. that it's there's so much distraction from like what 
makes a good artist a good artist nowadays. You know, I know that there are a lot of, because youth drives the culture, right? And now um, it's not all, but a big portion of that target demographic, we'll use that word, but a lot of that is social media based and TikTok based and like lifestyle influencer based. Like you can't just be a musician anymore. Uh, like do you like like how like you know i want to know like what would what would freddie mercury's life have been like if instagram was around dude these, what what would what, what <laughs> you know, these like, are the thoughts that keep me <laughs> up at night no lie no exaggeration i feel like, like that that separation from like all the extra bullshit is what allowed those artists to be able to just be themselves they fuck off in the studio for a few months Man. and then the album comes out and that's it. There's none of this like every day you're getting all of these little updates where like all that outside influence is constantly happening, you know, or like, <sighs> you know, you have like a ding dong Kanye West that gets a bunch of people to come to a stadium and listen to his album. And then he changes the whole thing, take something like I'm going to release an album and unrelease it and re-release it. Like, yeah, you know, I, it's just like this. I don't know. I guess times change, right? So I was talking about Stevie Wonder earlier, and I was trying to explain this concept to someone someday. And I, one day, and I was like, "Do you realize he wouldn't get a record deal today? Never in a million years. They record companies wouldn't be able to market him. And just think about the art we as a people would lose because he wasn't marketable. Like some of your favorite artists wouldn't have a shot today. That should scare the crap out of you, because. At that point, you have to ask yourself, so who's getting a shot? Because I can, I can pull up Billboard charts and show you people who had very little talent but were cute. Sure. And, and they worked really well on billboards. Yeah. And they looked well, really... It's a conversation. You know, kind of like how, like, it's not too different from how, like, MTV changed. You know, like MTV doesn't yeah. play music videos anymore, yeah. but it's still part of music culture, right? Yes. It's entertainment. So like Billboard is like the top artists. A lot of it is like, well, these are entertaining artists. The talent is not eh, take it or leave it, right? Every once in a while you get some weird wild card that comes that in. That connects it. Yes. Yeah. You're right. But it's rare. Totally. That's why it's special when it happens. But all the all the musicians that are at home, like this shouldn't be so rare. This, this, we shouldn't have one talented album of the year artist every. Yeah. But every. I guess, you know, to like, if you go back to the seventies and the eighties, and this is something that I I've, I'm always interested when I'm talking with like, uh, people who would have been like our age then. Yeah. Like were these artists as big of a deal to them at the time? Like, what was it like? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what was like, oh, David Bowie just put out this album called Aladdin Sane. Oh, whatever. I heard it. Like, now people freak out about it in hindsight. But then was it just like, oh, whatever. Elton John, whatever. And then over time, it became this crazy thing. That's Like, I have no idea what it would have been like, you know? I, you know, in, in that scenario, I like to think that they were so saturated with great art that some might not have been as popular then because there was so much to pull from in incredible artists. I think 
you know, uh, and there was definitely some some bad art still. Yes, back then as well. Yes, yes. Um, but there, I don't. I don't Not know. a Bee Gees fan. I'll just throw it. Really, no. really. No. What 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 doesn't do it for you? What? Oh wait, I'm sorry. I meant to say I'm not a Beach Boys fan. Okay. Okay. Bee Gees are totally See, that's, fine. Bee Gees can sing their butts off. Bee Gees are totally fine. I they, meant to say Beach the, Boys. Those, that was those harmonies you that can't was touch. totally a derpy move on my part. See, you know what's crazy? This is how weird like time in music is. Beach Boys, I I get great feelings when their records come on because in my mind, I am in that time period listening to them on a beach, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. But then I'm like, what artist was this sound that they just stole? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that they were the what we view them to be. Um, but I see your point on Beach Boys. It's just, I mean, like, I, do. I, I don't, like, despise the Beach Boys. But it's just, like, a thing where it's, like, they're a legacy artists they're a legacy band you know people will talk about them forever yes and i'm just kind of like why but yeah but i mean they're 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 huh, i've never know, yeah but i mean like you know so just because i don't like something though or if i don't get something it was just it was a different generation you know something that uh a co-worker back in my, my first job ever working at taco bell nice right Never uh, I, I got that job so I could start buying music equipment because I was like when I was, you know, getting into the beginnings of my journeys. Right. Yeah. And uh coworker that I worked with, you know, I would make beats and I would talk to him about making beats. And uh, I remember one day just saying like, you know, it's kind of weird because I don't know if like people are going to like my stuff. This is like, you know, again, like we're talking about like me yeah. and like starting out with rap and stuff like that. And like how I didn't know, I think I have to do hip hop shows. I want to do hip hop. And uh, basically he was just like, man, don't worry about it. There's people that don't like the Beatles. And I'm just like, well, I guess that's a pretty good point. It's true. There's a lot of people that don't like the Beatles. Yeah. But I mean, the Beatles are the Beatles. Yeah. There's also a lot of people that like them. So it's like, you can't worry about, somebody not liking your art or being able to connect with it because somebody else probably will. Dude, that's like, I don't know how you take that as an artist, but when I hear stories like that, I'm always encouraged. I'm just like, gosh, can you believe that there are actually people out there who this artist that I put on a pedestal, they woke up and read reviews in their lifetime of this paper thinks you were horrible. The, the songs that I think are these monuments there were people who told them that song will never work sure. in real time. Yeah. And they had to fight through that. Like that's so inspiring to me. Some of my favorite artists didn't think that their music was worth anything at the time. I mean, it's, I, I hope, I hope artists in real time take away from that. Just do what, do what you love. Yeah. I mean, like whenever he, I mean, I was probably 16 years old when he told me that. And now I'm 36 years old and I still think about that. Yeah. Shit all the time. Like, yeah, it really like it's one of those things. It's a very simple concept, but it really helped me moving forward. And just like, I think it's really important to, I mean, not trying to be like hashtag stay humble, but 
stay humble and be like realistic with what's going on. Because the other thing too, as I've gotten older and this sounds worse than it is, but music, like it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. And I think as an artist, you can really like put this heavy weight on your shoulders of being like, Oh, you know, if this song or this album isn't as good as like X, Y, or Z, or like you put all this pressure on yourself, but it's like, they're just songs. Yeah. Just don't forget for me, for me, it's just like, I need to just remember like I'm doing this to have fun and to connect with other people and be genuine and just do whatever I can to get people to hear it. Some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. And some people it's going to go in one ear out the other, but that's, yeah. you know, that's natural. I always like think too about like the way that I interact with music, like as a listener, not as a creator. And just like try to assume like, oh, the bad habits that I have as a music listener, sometimes other people probably yes. have those bad habits too. Yeah. Something that also helps me is to remember that I, I am an avid, I discover music years late and then it's the number one thing to me. I, I'm telling you on a monthly basis now, I'll hear a song in a coffee shop and I'm like, what is this? And someone's like, that's been out for four or five years. I have to have the album. I have to play it every day. My fiance is going, I've, I've been playing Aretha Franklin songs lately. Like they just came out yesterday. So what I remember when I put out albums now is it may not be for someone now. It may yeah. be the thing that they really need to hear or really yeah. want to hear seven years from now. Like it, you know, like one of the things that really, really, really like fucked me up was the first time I heard Betty Davis. I was like, how have I been alive this long and never heard a Betty Davis album in my life? It was just a, you know, a a music from a different time that wasn't distributed nearly in the way that it should Mm -hmm. have been an artist that was treated incredibly unfair Mm -hmm. in the industry and like a fucking like one of the goats like she's fucking crazy and like it just blows my mind it's like there's like all these great albums that have been out my entire life and now i'm just finding them in my late 20s like this is crazy to me and that happens with a lot of other music too like eartha kit like the first time i heard eartha kit i'm like mm-hmm. what like there's all this great music that has been around my entire life but you know when you're growing up and it's like, you're kind of caught up in all the stuff that is new and now and not because like, I don't like old music. It's just like, there's so much music yeah. and trying to find out about all of it. I'm always listening coming up and, uh, finding stuff late too. That's basically the point I was making. I, I definitely relate to that. Sometimes it blows me away though. Like even things in my favorite genres, slip through i sometimes i'll watch like bt awards or the grammys and they'll do a throwback artist and i'm like who is this i knew this song i didn't know the person and things like that it's it's crazy man you can't just it it blows me away that an album comes out and they judge what people feel about it for a year that's not the that's not the scale or the measurement of a great project you know what else is really weird about pop music right now uh this is actually something that I just realized yesterday. Fresh thoughts oh, for man. the podcast man. happening in real time. That's a, a big uh, a big theme of today's conversation, yes. even though this episode won't be out for probably three or four weeks. But that's besides <laughs> yes. the point, right? So, but at the time of recording this yesterday, me and Stacy are in the car driving back from Ohio and 
she was listening to the radio, pop radio. Yeah. And there was a lot of songs, some of which I had kind of heard maybe in like restaurants or something before. Um, but like in the car, it says like who the artist is. And the thing that blew my mind was I was familiar with the names and what every single one of those artists looked like, but I wasn't aware that they sung any of those songs. It's like, we're yeah. so like the pop culture has shifted where it's like, I'm familiar with these people that they live, like they're celebrities and I know they're musicians, but I have no idea what their songs are. Dude. And like, these are like people that have been around forever. Like Jason uh. Derulo. Like I, I like I, I was like oh like I've heard that name before this is what he sounds like oh okay cool and then <laughs> yeah. there was a, there was a couple other ones too that I can't remember right now but I was like this, Jason Derulo has been making music for a long time right it is crazy how that but like that's how you it's like I know them. who yeah. this person is but like I've never heard any of their music oh man I'm so old dude <laughs> I remember I remember some of my favorite albums the person wasn't even on the album cover. Like, oh, okay, yeah, back yeah. in the day, like, all I knew was their name and their voice. And I, I miss it. I miss being sold on what they were saying rather than how attractive or not they are. It's, I don't know. I watched a documentary that, like, talked about Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and that whole time. And that was, okay. like, the time. The Lou Pearlman every, stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's when everyone started buying music based on how the people on the album cover, not even like about sure. their songs. Like you ask them your favorite song. I don't know, but I'm going to the concert. That's like, I said, like youth, okay. dr youth drives it. the culture. That's yeah. what I was telling you about. That's, that's it's huge. So where does that, what does that look like in the future? Now I'm asking you questions. That's <laughs> who knows, you know, because if I, if I reflect on when I was a teenager and all of the nonsense music that I was listening to, true, right? Valid point. It meant the world to me, and people that were a decade above me were like, you know, oh, it's yeah, like you yeah. know, that's all dumb. And I was like, I'm never gonna be like you. Those guys but have as their I, clothes on backwards. As I got <laughs> as I've gotten older, you know, sometimes I do catch myself slipping into that tendency to be like naysaying the stuff that the kids like these days or yeah. why they like music. And like, just because, um, some kid discovers a song off of TikTok and they really like this 30 second hook. doesn't mean that they don't have the same feelings from that is like yeah. I did the yeah. first time Valid I heard point. system of a down. Right. Valid so point. it's like, I think it's still art. It's still connecting with people. Um, I think there's a lot of negativity that is, you know, in the culture. There's a lot of positivity, but there was always been negativity yeah. and it's it's always a mix of things. Always it's life. Be. It's they're human beings, you yeah. know, we're yeah. very very chaotic creatures on a rock that's hurling around yeah. in the universe. It's just mm. like there's yeah, <laughs> if you want to get wild, right? I'm not trying to get all discovery channel <laughs> on okay. you. I'm just like okay. it's very like generations change and it's true um it's interesting because a lot of the music that is very popular these days it's so young in terms of like like hip-hop for example i mean hip-hop if you like is like maybe 40 years old if you want to stretch it you know like in the yeah. 70s you start seeing some of it really kind of doing birthing doing, and doing, coming up right yeah, yeah. so but 
as a civilization, music, the concept of music has existed for thousands of years. Yes. So when something evolves over the course of just four decades and people say, oh, that's not what hip hop is. It shouldn't evolve. It's like this style of music is so young and people did that. They do that with rock music. They do that with everything. It's like, these are just very young things. And who are you to say that like, oh, mumble rap isn't rap. And it was better back in the eighties when it was boom bap. Like it doesn't matter. It's going to evolve. Life evolves. It, yeah. Everything changes. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, that's true. Which is a good thing. Yeah. There was a time when, you know, there had to have been a time that French fries didn't exist. Right. Don't bring that up. That's, that's crazy. I can't imagine. You know, so this is my question to you. Do you think deep fryers did to food <laughs> what amplification did to the guitar? Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> That's a hard yes. <laughs> that is a yes. Yes. Next question. <laughs> I'm ready. That's just, that's just a random thought that I had. That really has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> so this new music, this new yes. record. Does the record have a name? I don't think you've mentioned it. It does. Uh, it's the blue EP. The blue EP. The blue one. Um, the first, my first EP, I think, was purple. It was years ago. I didn't know until the last few years that I hear song in color. That sounds like the weirdest thing. I, I can't believe I just said that out loud. But I can hear a song and immediately tell you what color that connects to sure. in my head. I can. That's if, not weird. If I could take like give me a color and play these 20 songs and I can categorize them into colors. Um, so this one is a hundred percent blue and everything that blue sounds like to me. And it doesn't hurt that the fiance I'm marrying in a month, uh, we both have the same birthstone, which is Sapphire blue. So everything <laughs> wedding included is very blue right now. So <laughs> that's where that comes from. <laughs> cool. And uh, what is the like timetable for releasing this will be end of August. It better not be September. This will be, <laughs> it will be end of August. That is, that is my goal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's and is, are there any like fun by fun? I mean that very sarcastically. Like yeah. Fun behind the scenes things that you're doing as an artist to try to help promote this release, this podcast aside, of course, <laughs> like what yes. are you doing as an artist behind the scenes? Cause I'm not too sure like what your, uh, management situation is like, or like how you go about all that stuff. It's a, a lot of people don't know what to do when it comes to that. And I'm curious, like what your experience is and what you have planned. Yeah. Uh, a lot of interviews, uh, Pittsburgh is actually incredible for just promoting music on incredible places like this. Um, there's a lot of like album party releases to like, to, to plan and finalize, um, which I'm, I've fallen in love with because of my last project. I've also been just talking to a lot of different types of musicians on like shows and ways to promote things. As you were saying, it's, you know, this isn't the most R and B it's not the most pop record. It's just music. Um, so I think I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to perform these things and promote these things in places that are, you know, different, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I think it's really important to take advantage of every single 
resource that you can. Yeah. I think it's really cool too because like you have a sound that is accessible. So like there's so many good opportunities, you know, sometimes like if you are doing more of like a, like punk or heavy metal or even like weirdo rap stuff like I do, Mm -hmm. um, opportunities can be limited. Yeah. Um, because I get that people it's, it's not music for everybody. And I, I'm fully aware of that. I think it's, yeah, it's yeah. very, you know, I, I don't try to, I don't go out of my way to make unaccessible chaos. It's just what's in <laughs> yeah, my heart. I, you. I, I, I get that. I get that truth. So, it's but like, I, it's just how it comes out. So, you know, that's that, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, kind of looping this conversation back around to the beginning. That's a decision that I made. Like I could easily be like, Oh, well I know that there's, I live within 10 miles of probably three dozen breweries and restaurants that host live music regularly. Yeah. And if I wanted to shift my sound to gig at those places, I could probably do that and, Mm. you know, make a decent amount of money just gigging, rotating around through all the neighborhoods and doing that stuff and play to new people and have my little table with my CDs and stuff. But that's, that's, that's not, that's not for me. That's just, that it doesn't work with what I'm doing. I get that. And man, it takes courage to stick to, to what you feel is truth instead of just, going with whatever i've had so many people man if you would sing this way if you would write songs like this you you know if you promoted it in these places yeah that i really appreciate that because i sincerely do but it's not it 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 doesn't bring truth to my music and like i i i love all the people who value and appreciate my art but man i have to go to sleep with cj i have to wake up with Mm -hmm. when i sit down at a piano at home by myself i have to answer to CJ yeah. for what he did with this music <laughs> and how he let it come out. I, and you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes, um, cause like a lot of the times when you get people that make creative suggestions, they're not always necessarily creative people themselves. Yeah. And I think that they have an idea and it's coming from a place of genuine compassion. And they think that they're, uh, helping to some degree. But I think that if you don't create, I think it's really hard to understand that need to like have a creative, artistic, somewhat selfish fulfillment in order for it to be worth it. Yeah. Right. Um, it happens a lot. Like I've talked with people um, about like being in a heavy metal band and being in punk rock bands before and like playing shows and be like, oh, so, you know, you make money, like all that stuff. It's like, not really. And then it's like, well, why do you do it? It's like oh, the, I- that the idea, right there. the idea of like doing something, putting your time into something that doesn't like financially return the idea of like, not like, how do I, how, how can I word this? The idea of, um, like be like the idea of becoming rich off of something that isn't money. Is foreign to a lot oh, of people. Do you know what I mean? On a T-shirt. I'm so glad you said it. So that's why I've <laughs> titled myself CJ the Artist. And I'll be honest with you, not to just name drop, but it's my fiance who helped me get there. When you know, when you're 
financing an album by yourself or something like that. And it gets frustrating and you're like, why am I doing this? I'm not going to, I may not even make back what I'm putting into this. It took him looking at me one day saying, but you're investing in what you deem to be important. It's, it's your livelihood. It's your passion. It is the thing that you view most important. That's worth it. Yeah. That alone. I remember people used to be like, so how much did you make on that project? How much? And I hate that question because it connects how valuable my art is to how much money it made. And what it is, it, it took me a while to find out, but what it is is priceless. And yeah. that sounds so phony. And I get it, but it is what I get when it's released and I know that people are listening to it. You, that's priceless. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. I can never make that back. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think that that's the, the mentality that you need to have to be able to put out art that is genuine. Um, I have friends that, you know, they have a, so I won't, I won't drop their name, right? But they're very nice people. Mm -hmm. But this is like what they do, right? Like they kind of like half write songs, go into studio, have a producer fix all of the songs for them yeah. and then have somebody else like they're basically like they want to be in a band, but like how much of it is controlled by them? It's like that the whole thing is just like they want to be in a band that has the appearance of being successful. So you're just throwing in all of this money and paying people to do all of the work for you. So now you have this like Halloween costume. And yeah, you can go yeah. tell people that like you're making money. Sure, you are, but you're basically an employee of somebody else's ideas and you're wearing the costume of like an artist, but like you're really just like it's no different than being in like a school play or something at this point. I didn't know that people existed that actually just desire to be famous. I did literally man, I didn't know until <laughs> a few years ago that there were people like there would be people that I'd be like like working with musically and they'd be like, dude, write a song like this. People will listen. Work with this person. It'll get a lot of YouTube videos. Make a video like this and like a bunch of people at this place. And I'm like, that doesn't fit what I deem to be important. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't sure. fit my and they're like, why not? It it'll get you famous. And I remember just staring at these people like, wait, you you have a different passion every year. Every year you you're a DJ or you're a guitarist or you're in a in this type of band or that type of band. Now you're touring over here. Now you you're like you actually will just do whatever gets you famous. It there is no specific yeah. if music doesn't work out, you would do anything else. I didn't know that. I I have never desired to be famous. My only goal has ever been to make my music heard by the people that it's supposed to land with. Sure. That's my only goal. I I would I would make albums with no photo. I would make albums without a name. I would I would be it sounds crazy as an artist. It's like reverse promotion. <laughs> but I would I would be completely fine knowing that the world was listening to my music. I'm done. Yeah. I I don't need you the, know it's stuff. So there there's there's a couple things. Um but the one thing I guess trying to stay on track, an artist that has always fascinated me with like how well they've been able to kind of be like push themselves outside of like all of the mainstream hubbub, but still be very culturally relevant. Frank Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but how did he pull that off? Masterclass. <laughs> Masterclass. Masterclass. 
you know, I, I, I don't. I think he stuck to it from the beginning, though. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it was clear to people that you can't, you couldn't sell him a certain way like you had to sell everyone else. Um, to, to be half the things he is and to be successful is mind-blowing. To be all the things he is and still not in every interview and still not, you know, touring everywhere and still not doing the things that you're supposed to do to, to maintain your fame is like mind blowing and it works. I think that that's an artist that really, it just speaks the power of the music speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, musically, like, you know, we can say like, you know, I have no ill will towards Frank Ocean. I'm not a huge fan of his music, but I'm not a huge fan of a lot of music like that. Yeah. But I'm very aware of who the gentleman is yes. and I respect him as an artist. I would yeah. never be like, you know, he sucks. He doesn't. I, he's, I think is. he's great at what he does. Yeah, yeah. And he's obviously connected with a very large demographic of people. And to be able to do it like with a insanely minimal social media presence and all of this, no, no hubbub really, you know, it's just like good music. Yeah. Like that's cool. People will listen to good music if you can like, but also like if it wasn't for uh, odd future, I don't know. Cause odd future was very loud. He was a very quiet voice in the background laying down some good hooks on yeah, some, yeah. you know, had some very loud people that were like helping. Yes. I'm curious if F Frank Ocean could exist in a world without like Tyler, the creator and Earl and all that. I don't know. I would yeah. like to think that he could, but I'm not sure. Man, it's crazy to us to even think that you, you can't be that. Like that that's rare. Sure, that's that like this dude that's, just that's makes like, albums and then goes home and lives his sure, life. Sure, that's like the Stevie Wonder thing again. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How dare I can't believe there's an artist that there's not a news camera at his front door every time he walks out to yeah. tell us what he's wearing. Like Yeah. He's just like person. You know, and to loop back around to the suggestions of people for the uh the benefit of fame. Yeah. You know, uh I've had people telling me for years that I should make a TikTok account. Because, you know, a lot of people will find out about my stuff on there. And sure, maybe that's true. But I find that, like, I would have to create content. I would have to make new video content for TikTok in order to use it. Mm -hmm. And the content that I would have to make for on there, while it could be somewhat music related, I would need to have a certain personality trait that I don't have. Like, uh... You know, I always make the comparison of like all these social media platforms cater to um, different kinds of people. And if you try to use all of them at once, you feel like you have like multiple personalities. Yeah. Because and like I just like I don't have enough room for another personality. I don't think I can be I get the that. TikTok version I of Sykes. I just don't have the time for it. I don't have the passion for it. And if I'm putting time into something that's making me miserable. That's not really going to gravitate, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, but you can, but you'll, you know, but it'll work. It, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. Like how I don't know, at the end of the day, I just need to be happy. How bad would it be if you were successful at being like, uh, yeah, we, of we, talked we talked about, about that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Would it be worth it? Could you maintain it? It yeah. would weigh on you. Yeah. It's a lot of work, you know. I, I, it's like, um, uh, we have, you know, we we have friends that you know are 
pretty, pretty good at, uh, some different social media platforms and, uh, you know, TikTok in particular, um, you know, a lot of followers, uh, making like a good name for themselves on the platform. Yeah. And it seems simple like, Oh, you're just making these, you know, why'd that get out of focus? Hello, whatever. We're back. Um, you have these videos that are only like a minute long. Like, Oh, it doesn't take long to make a minute long video. Yeah, right. Yeah. But like, they'll like spend all day, you know, Making trying them. to get like <laughs> yeah. this one thing together. Yeah. And then like, I've seen them like, if it doesn't get X amount of views in X amount of time, you take it down. they'll delete it. The whole day is gone because they can't have a video with a low, a low view count because it looks bad for the optics of their page oh and it messes gosh. up. And like, I'm like, you're telling me you want, you want to subject me to this chaos that you're doing. No you think thanks. I fit into the, yeah. yeah. Like I, I I'm, you. I'm perfectly fine sticking with my creative thing. You know, I don't, if I don't have 25,000 kids liking my stuff on TikTok, that's okay. Yeah. Maybe they'll find out about me another way. Maybe they won't. I I just don't have the the capacity. Something I've thought about a lot too. Like I get really stressed out and anxious when like things start to go too good. Like if my phone starts blowing up a lot, like if I have like a release day or a show and like a lot of people are talking to me, yeah. like I don't do good. I'm like surprisingly bad with like a lot of human connection. Like I yeah. could do small group stuff, one-on-one -on -one stuff, no problem. And uh, the idea of like, what would happen if something did blow up? You know what? What would that man? be like? What, like, could I actually like mentally handle fame? Glad you brought that up. Let's talk mental health for a while. <laughs> People, I know so many artists who are like, I want to be famous. I want to be out there. And I'm like, what if someone, and I'm a weirdo, so follow me. What if someone said, this is your life. You get famous. You, this happens. This happens. This happens. You can't handle it. You fall apart. This is your behind the music situation when you've fallen apart. If someone showed you that movie and then brought you all the way back to the beginning and said, now, do you still want it? Because sometimes the, the price of blowing up or being super popular isn't worth it. I wonder, you know, I'm, 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 always, I'm always the person when I watch like Whitney Houston behind the scenes, I'm like, if someone would have said, this is what's going to happen, but you're going to be really popular and you're going to be like world renowned and this is how it's going to end and then brought her all the way back to singing in church with like a little ponytail on the top of her head. Do you still want it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, the, I, everyone, every artist struggles with, man, I wish I was more out there. I wish I was more accepted or more whatever to followers. I walked into my mother-in-law's house a few months ago and she had my album hoodie on and told me her favorite song. And I was like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm crazy, but I'm pretty sure this is success. I'm pretty sure it's this. Sure. Like I know, I know people who have incredible music videos and incredible views and none of your friends know your music. Mm -hmm. None of your coworkers play you when they're not around you. I, I picked up my phone, what was it, two weeks ago, and my friend was like, dude, I went through a crazy situation with someone I've been dating today. I had to listen to Dance to Remember from your last album oh, that rules. just to get through it. And I was like, I think this is, this is it. This is the yeah. thing. But we don't, 
we don't look at it that way. We we tell everyone like success is the stuff and the numbers, but if you can't see it at this base level, the stuff won't even matter. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, I, I think you need that's such a good like mindset to have. Like I've been in positions where like you know we were like at a sheets an hour away. And the person making the sandwich was like, you're that dude from Grey Walker. You know? Right? Like, yeah. Cool. And that's the thing. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, that's so weird, but yeah. like, awesome. And like, stuff like that has happened. And like, that means a lot more because it's like, that's like a physical, real world connection of like, it, you know, when you're in the zone all the time and you're always moving, you never take the time to like really look behind you and see how far you've gone. And like, you don't always know like all the impacts that you've made on, True. on everything going back to me and like my habits as a fan, yeah. you know, like there's so many artists that I follow big and small, yeah. but like, I'm not much of like, if I'm on like Facebook or Instagram, I'm not always like the type of person that likes everything and comments on things. Like yeah. I kind of just like treat it like a newspaper. Like I see yeah. things, I read it and I'm like in my brain, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And then I keep going. I know that it would be helpful if I hit the like button and help yeah. get up dumb yeah. numbers, but it's just my brain like doesn't value those things. Yeah. So I don't think about it. And like, so it's like, okay, maybe it's not necessarily that like other people aren't like seeing my things because of an algorithm or maybe people aren't like liking my stuff because they hate it. Maybe they're just like me yeah. just scrolling through, you know, taking five minutes during their work break, looking at stuff like, oh, cool. Brian did something new. Oh, yeah. CJ has a new song. Cool. Like they're happy about it. They're aware of it. But yeah, we're, our, we've become trained to think that like oh, the only receipt of uh, the, the, the proof of proof of success is, you know, that the analytics. Dude, one day I checked my iTunes sales and I was like, what is this? I can't believe they're so low. And then I, I stopped and I was like, CJ, when is the last time you bought someone's <laughs> album? You love music. You literally love me. When's the last sure. full album you purchased? And then I started asking my friends. I was like, do you guys buy albums? They're like, no, we listen to them on Spotify and keep going. I was like, so why would I, as an artist, <laughs> exactly. hold myself to a standard that doesn't even make sense exactly. to me? That I don't even participate exactly. in. Exactly. I think like having that, that self-awareness is huge for like, the the mental health of being an artist and moving yes. forward and like because we we can't do anything about the social media that's just what it is this is life True. now right it's yeah. like calling the still calling it social media sounds old uh, yeah like, it's just yeah. it just is yeah, what it, it is you know what I mean it's just that's what communication is now yeah and it's really easy to uh get lost in, in the sauce of, you know, putting all of your, your value into those numbers. But if you're yeah. able to, you know, be realistic with yourself and know that like, Hey, like I do this podcast, you know, an equivalent would be like, Oh, like I go onto YouTube and I see some other big podcast and it's like, okay, you know, they get 50,000 views in a day. That's crazy. But in what world does my podcast about underground artists from Pittsburgh PA get 50,000 views in one day? Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. You know? Yeah. This podcast might get like a hundred or 200 yeah. hits. Maybe, you know, sometimes more. It depends. Yeah. But that's when's the last time 
you sat in a room and talked to 300 people at once, right? Yeah. The number seems small, but if you think about it like that, like if there was all those people right sure, now I don't in think a space, about it like, yeah. we would be like, this right. is fucking crazy. Why are there, because like, when have we played a local show with like 300 people at it, yeah, right? That's so insane. there are, you can't expect that many people to like be interested in like the niche workings of like the artist mind, but the fact that I even have the fan base that I do, yeah. I'm thankful for because it's like, this is crazy stuff. Like when I have conversations like this with people, um, it's really fun because it's really easy as an artist to isolate and feel like you're alone and that like you're yeah. the only person that thinks this way. Yeah. But you know what True. I've learned over the past, however many years I've done this, this is, I don't even know what episode this is, but we're in the four hundreds now. Right. Sheesh. So that's a Congrats. lot. That's a lot of people. And uh, most of them are all the same. You know, we all have the same yeah. issues and struggles and blah, 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 blah. You know, artist support group. Sure. Maybe that, that's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what this is in a way. You know, I, I think that it's important to have these conversations and for to document them so other people can hear them and try to hopefully find something that's useful for them in their art or their life in some sort of way. So, yeah, you know, I feel like I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure things out on my own. And I don't know, I, I, I wish I wouldn't, it wouldn't have taken until I turned like 30 to really figure it out. I wish I would have had it like locked in a little bit sooner, but life's a journey. It's all good. It's a great journey. Yeah. At least, at least I got where I was going. You did, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And you know what? I'm proud of you as well. Thank you. I remember, you know, the first time you reached out, it was so funny because, um, like the level of like production and songwriting, I think I'd already told you this too before i was just like i can't believe that like somebody so modest just sent me this <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> wow totally but it makes sense because like most of the time like again i said this earlier in the conversation like the people that i get along with are the people that are like that you know it's not like the art speaks for itself and then like as a human being they're just kind of like i just want to do this art like i'm not about being this huge yeah. larger than life thing like the art is giant but me, I'm just kind of like, I'm just chilling. Yeah, it's it, it's a journey, man. I one of the most beneficial things that happened to me the last few years was running into an amazing actor in Pittsburgh. His name is Patrick Cannon. Um, he's incredible. He like made Mulligan the movie or whatever. But I went to see a show of his. He was in uh, a play downtown in the Cultural District, like stadium, like. The theater is full of people. He's incredible. He plays five roles. He walks into the coffee shop uh, the next day and he's like, hey, man, you're, you're an artist just like I am. Like, it's, it's good to see you. And it was the first person I think in my life that referred to me as an artist. And I'm like, this guy just played a show like for hundreds and hundreds of people and like standing ovation. And he refers to me as an artist. So why don't I? Like, why? Yeah. why what, what am I waiting on to get to that? part and it was just incredible like it's it's cool to see to get there it is a journey um but i'm i'm glad that i've gotten there the way i did um slow is is super important sometimes because it keeps you humble yeah and it also makes you value the steps yeah and i think that you know a lot of the time when people are rushing into things they're not taking the time to learn anything and then it just crashes and burns really yeah. quick. 
Um, it's true. I think that the one thing that was a benefit of my journey taking as long as it did was that I just learned so much stuff that at the time felt completely useless. Yeah. But now hindsight, I'm like, Oh wow. Like no one could teach you those. things. Sure. Yeah. It's like cool. Right. And I have all of these skill sets and now I can help other people do cool stuff. And there it is. That's it. There it, is. it all comes back around. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so late August, Late blue, August. the blue EP. CJ the artist. Five tracks. It's it's going to be it's going to be really different and cool. And I just wanted to make something that sounded like like sitting around a fire pit with your friends. Like I I went to a bro. I I, I don't mean <laughs> to cut you off. I'm just saying that one track that I sent does not sound like a relaxing <laughs> night by a fire pit. Not that one. It, it gets there. I promise. That you. sounds like you know discovering yourself in like the grand Canyon on some <laughs> crazy life journey or something, but it's, it, that's how you, it, you start off there and then you end up at the fire. <laughs> cool. Pit. Cool. All right. But no, I just, I wanted to make something that just sounded different, sounded like, you know, relaxing ish <laughs> ish. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. No, I, it, it is different. And I'm, I'm so excited. I don't think I've ever been this excited about a project coming out. It's good. That's great. It's, you know, and my, the thing that I love the most is I got back to playing real instruments and this is not a knock to anyone, but I missed the way a guitar sounds when those fingers slide. I miss the way a piano resounds, you know, when yeah, you hold it was keys really cool, yeah. you can't make that stuff. You just can't come up with those sounds any other way. So I really miss them and I'm glad that I got to throw them all on this and I'm singing with like, I'm literally singing with people in my wedding party, like. So it's it's a well-timed, cool moment in my world. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where can people, you know, since there isn't like a hard release date yes. at this time, where can people find you so they can follow you and keep yes. up with your journey? Yes. Well, I'm sure when they go to this video on your page, I will be very easy to find. Yeah. But I will be at cjc.j.theartist on Instagram. Um, a lot of stuff on YouTube, but all the stuff will be mostly through Instagram. It's the best route to like get everyone to iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else the album will be. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like there's a, <laughs> this will be the last tangent that we go on before we just like hard cut this off. But, uh, Instagram is like the one social media that like nobody seems to have any real beef with. Like, you know, there will be people that are like, ah, oh, you know, like, I don't like Facebook, but it, like, I don't like Twitter. I don't like TikTok. But most people are like, but I got an Instagram. It's whatever. I'm glad you brought that up. I have a beef <laughs> with Instagram. <laughs> no, I do. Dude. So I remember, a, I think it was a few weeks ago, someone was like, Instagram just decided, you know, officially that they are no longer a picture sharing platform. I was like, what does that mean? Like they, they just, they change whatever. And then I pull up my app the other day and all the buttons that used to mean something are now shopping. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, 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 I yeah. was like, what's happening? Like, is this Craigslist now? Like, what is this becoming? I don't, I think it's true. They're not, their purpose isn't like picture sharing. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more like stories. So and, this is, I, I, I've, I just realized that I didn't have the camera on you the whole time there. I messed that up. That's okay. It doesn't matter. At, the, at this point, you know, we're, we're, we're in the weeds. Only, only the real ones are still yes. here an hour 20 in. 
But um, I've said this a thousand times, and I'll say it again. If there was a successful social media platform, whether it was something that's established, like Facebook, Instagram, any of them, and I would gladly pay monthly to use that service, just don't advertise to me. Yes. Because I know that I understand that this is a free platform and this is how you make your money. Yeah. Like if I could, I would pay 10, 15, 20 bucks a month to use an Instagram that has no ads where people post their things. I get to see their things. No bullshit. I would pay for that. That would be incredible. And I think a lot of people probably would yeah. pay something for that. They could probably make more money than they do from the advertising. I remember when but, YouTube was no ads. Yeah. I just watched your video. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that they're making way more money than we could ever imagine That's doing, doing things the way that they're doing them. <laughs> That's the kicker. So, um, the moral of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is that me and CJ are going to both stop doing music <laughs> because it's all about the money. And we're going to turn off the cameras and we're going to start discussing our new startup social media platform. Oh, we're ready. Do you? It'll be fire. Yeah. It's called a fire. <laughs> Not like the festival. <laughs> <laughs> new sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> and with that being said, that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here one more time. CJ, the artist. I'll be back again. This phone just died. My battery switch. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2021. Woo, woo. Thanks for listening. And uh, I got to use the mouse now. We did it. That's a podcast. Dude, you're a beast. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for coming. That's it.